Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that extracts biography from our guests with the help of the songs that have become part of their lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest this week is Fernando Lopez Flores. Fernando is a recent graduate from Florida Gulf Coast University where he majored in piano performance. He was born in Bolivia and is a former student of the San Ignacio de Moxos Baroque Music School where he was selected to be the only protege of renowned Bolivian pianist Elizabeth Schwimmer. Fernando is a co-founder of the Confuoco Bolivian Pianists Society and has been a member of the Bolivian Chamber Music Society since 2015. He was one of the people responsible for the international initiative Musica Para Respirar, or Music to Breathe 24-7 program, that provided more than 3,000 free virtual concerts for healthcare workers and COVID-19 patients in more than 55 countries. He was also the creator and artistic director of the artistic installation The Music Forest at FG which merged the Bauer School of Music and the Arts with the FGCU Food Forest, which is a student-run botanical garden on campus. As a classical musician open to any and all genres and art forms, Fernando has collaborated with visual artists, contemporary dancers, poets, folklorical musicians, and recently worked with rap artist and producer Nori Ehrenfeld. He comes our way via episode 218 guest Samantha Romero. Hey there, Fernando. How are you this morning? I'm really good. Thank you. Thank are you so you? much. For, I'm doing very well. I'm happily, I'm happily uh, content in my bedroom at home talking to you through the magic of radio technology. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. So tell us, have you listened to any music yet this morning? Well, that's a great question. I've, uh, I did early, very early in the morning. I was listening to, it was something important. Oh, yes. Okay. So Rosalia, so, uh, to, um, she just launched a new album a couple of months ago. Rosalie, she's a singer from Spain. And uh, I've, I've been just listening to her complete album as much as I can like from, from the top. And it's not a very long album, but yep, I'm into that now. How, mo- or how often do you listen to music purely for pleasure as compared to music that might in some way be involved with your you know, life as a pianist? Um, I don't really, uh, you know, it, that that's very interesting because uh, ever since I am into doing music as a, an actual profession and not as a hobby, um, sometimes I felt the lo- that that I've lost that that magic of of just sitting down and listening to something. Um, but certainly, when I do that, it's quite rare. In, in this uh, moment of my life, I must uh, acknowledge it's truly, it's truly magical um, how music can transport you. But um, I would say, yeah, like it's very rare, uh, to be honest. I usually listen in, uh, to the music I must learn. I listen to the music I am studying um, and the uh, only and probably best exception to that would be listening to music with my girlfriend in her car. Um, yeah. Hmm. So you grew up uh, in Bolivia. How would you describe the musical background of your childhood there? Um, I would say I was always exposed to art. Uh, 
uh, in 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 to different kinds of art, um, not only music. So when when I'm when I hear that question, um, I think that the best way of describing it is like it's always been a whole like. Uh, painting and connecting it to the music of its moment of of the of the uh, music related to a specific context in history um so for instance my mom uh used to like this song uh run away from uh the shannon and i just have to listen to it so it comes to my mind like uh, the image of 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 the post uh, vietnam war um i think that in in one way is that like f- f- having images of 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 that relation between music and um context and another is just pure fun and joy i come from a, a country that loves dancing that loves uh the joy of 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 celebrating different ephemerides um i i come from a country that uh, never stops making uh parties so uh we have a beautiful uh traditional music uh folkloric music and i was always uh, um connected to that in one way or the other and also classical uh, classical music never uh, was away from my ears were your parents playing music um you know on instruments i think your dad was a pianist right no my dad was um my dad is uh, well is he's a former singer he oh, used okay. to have a band uh when he was young and when i was a kid he used to have a business with um with his band um so eventually he decided to stop doing that and just working in on, on other stuff and um the only instrument that he kept was a little keyboard um that my sister and I started playing around at home and it was because of that little keyboard that I put my hands on on the on the on the keyboard and and just started doing music myself and eventually uh learning a little bit more um with with uh, professional guidance uh, with a classical uh music teacher um but yeah it was that that's basically what my dad was a for is a former singer when you first started putting your hands on that keyboard did you immediately show promise or talent or you know in some way indicate that you were going to go on to become a much better player later in life i you know i don't think sort of i i think that it was more and it's always been like this i've always uh like to be in front of it until things work out you know until uh, um so i remember i i would sit in front of the of the little keyboard and listening to the pre-recorded songs and with only one finger trying to figure out how to do uh the famous um Paralisa after release by Beethoven uh, the Turkish march and uh, all these uh famous classical standard tunes and um yeah I, I remember it was a lot of work but I was so obsessed with it that I just could be there all day long until uh my hands could do actually the work for me 
How old were you when you first started taking some sort of lessons or training? Um, I definitely think I was uh, 13 years old. Um, yeah, I was 13, and, and I had piano lessons for a couple of, for, for, uh, maybe for a year. Mm. And then I just abandoned it. Uh, I decided to do, uh, to create a band with friends in my in my city. We were, um, we called it etc. It was it was a band with which we first would be playing at the church, and then we went out and and played in 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 birthdays and quinceañeras and all sorts of of. Uh, venues so i can i can tell that in that moment uh i was divided my brain was start, had started like the classical training but i was also a, like a pianist from the street you know i was i was doing uh, music that um i never again did in a in a big recital hall which i regret a little bit but it was such a fun moment in my life so you were playing keyboard in that band? Yeah, keyboards. A lot of them. They used to call me the uh, um, how was it? Is uh, octopus because I I had four keyboards around me and would just play play all of them, different wow. sounds, different things. Yeah, it was nice. So when did you get back into you know taking lessons or training? You certainly must have done something because now you are a a professional pianist. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I that that was important moment because I finished high school. Um, I thought that the world was coming to an end. You know, remember two thousand and twelve? There was a movie and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and I I was just finishing high school. I don't, didn't really know what to do about uh, my future, and I was a valedictorian, so I just had the choice of I I, I had the possibility of going wherever I wanted under the scholarship I wanted in my country. Um, but I was not sure what I wanted. And for some reason, the idea of becoming a classical pianist never uh, left my head. But after the visit, a very important visit of an uncle of mine, his name is Julio, he lives in Texas. He came to Bolivia after a long time of not being there. And he's a former actor. And when he listened to um, my playing, he told me, you know, you can make a living out of this. Uh, being an artist is possible out there. Because, And I'm telling this because in Bolivia, it's not easy to be an artist. The, uh, the system does not um, grant artists with uh, the certainty of of uh, life um of the commodity of having insurance of having a um a paid job um regulations are not um uh, and i'm talking about um how the government deals with the art art in general um it's not very easy to be a musician in Bolivia and even worse, a pianist. There's barely two or uh, maybe maximums five pianos in the whole country that are uh, 
quite decent to play on uh, for for uh, for an actual recital, you know. So um, I I think um, well, I always forget what I'm talking about. What was it? Well, no, just you know, how did you wind up pursuing piano uh, seriously? Oh yeah, so uh, then my 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 um, uncle Julio, he he was a former um, actor, and he said, "You can make a living out of this. You play beautiful. You should pursue a career in music." And then I I said, "Okay, I'll do it." I I was never. Uh, more convinced of something in my life than in that exact moment. And I just left everything behind and moved and left my city. It was 2012, 2013. I left uh, my city and went to, uh, first I tried to go to La Paz, which is, uh, I, I am from Sucre, which is the capital of Bolivia, but the the, the, the government is set at, the, at La Paz, okay? And because of La Paz is a bigger city, they have the conservatory there, uh, the music conservatory. So I went there and I realized that I had to know so many things that I didn't know at that moment. I, need, I needed to know how to read sheet music. I re- needed to know how to, uh, s- uh, s- about solfege, about uh, music theory. I need to be prepared for, for going into classical piano training at a higher level. So I just said, well, they didn't accept me, of course, and that place was not for me. But I was fortunate enough to to meet someone who came from a small community in the Amazon rainforest. It's called the Moxos community, San Ignacio de Moxos. And they, uh, in, this, in this town, it's very special because they have a music school and a music ensemble that tours Euro, Europe um, exposing music f- from the past four centuries uh, that arrived to this community during the Spanish colonial rule. So thanks to this research, thanks to this discography that the ensemble Moxos does, they uh, help survive a music school that is mostly for kids. And we're talking about maybe 300 kids that have education for free thanks to the Moxos ensemble. And... uh, it, it sounded to me like the perfect place to go and start from zero, which was what I needed. And I visit the place. I um, I was so welcomed by the director of the school and the ensemble, Raquel Maldonado. And... I I told her I remember you know I I would love to to follow the steps of of Abraham Cuellar this this friend who took me to the to the to the town and to be a pianist like him uh, let me know how can I do this maybe I can prepare myself one year and come back and and she said uh, no you cannot wait one year you these kind of decisions are taken from like overnight so you decide now if you're coming if not. I'm sorry, but uh, you'll have to learn this sooner or later in your, in your life. And then I went back to Sucre, packed everything I needed that I remember it was not a lot, a couple of bags, and um, and left. I left uh, to to the, to the little town, and I stayed there for one year. Hmm. How old were you compared to the other students? Were you older? 
I was quite older. I was 17 <laughs> years old. I was 17, but um, but yeah, I was I was I was old. Uh, still, I I I made a couple of mistakes. I was not. I didn't really use most of my time for studying there. I was mostly working. Um, yeah, I was working here and there. I. I I used to work in a carpentry first, and then I would do luthiery, uh, building instruments. Uh, I would do some tourist uh, guidance. I um, there was a, a, a there was a place where we would be working on. Um, getting uh, like cleaning and uh, putting together um collecting and and, and selling out the cocoa and coffee grains um testing coffee i was also working uh as a english teacher uh, i was very f- close friends with the um m- parwa is that we call parro- parroquia where where the priests are um and the religious in the church, okay, they have this house next to the religious house, uh, and 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 uh, next to the church. And I I went there because I was so sick once. I was so sick. I got infected with dengue, which is some sort of uh, it's, it can can be some sort of mal- malaria. I, I, maybe you've heard about dengue. Yeah, it's a mosquito-borne virus. Exactly. And and I was I was sick of that. I, I was sick with that disease, so I was um uh really weak and I didn't want to tell my family about it. So I decided to to go to the to the church and tell them, "Hey, you know, I I have a I have a, a an uncle who is a priest and I've been raised in a Catholic Family and everything. I don't know if you can give me a hand right now because I'm very sick and I need a hand. And they opened their doors to me. They gave me a work. Uh, I would uh, be teaching English um, to young people, and uh, they would uh, uh, they received me to have lunch and dinner with them, uh, with the with the religious people because. Um, in my culture, we love to eat a lot, so it was a house where there was always food, and uh, yeah. So, for were these play- reasons, were you playing piano during any of this? <laughs> that's that. That's exactly what I was talking. Right, right. I, I was, I was, um, I was in in the midst of trying to survive, while my dream was to become a pianist. Uh, so from that very moment, I feel that truly I was I was never focusing in only the piano, and that is something that has been in, in my life like all all this time. And and uh, I I guess I'll get to that point farther because I just graduated from the uh, music uh, performance degree, um, and my head has always been in so many things, but. Uh, I think that it was important for me to go through that. Um, eventually, I I was begging for an opportunity of, to go in outside of the country because uh, I wanted to pursue high education in in in, in piano. Um, I saw that there were even better opportunities than the National Conservatory in in, in La Paz, and these. 
ensemble, and this school at San Ignacio de Mojos, was um, was uh, they were granted with with funding, international funding from all, um, different institutions uh, in Spain, um, and I was telling my my piano teacher and the director of the of the ensemble, uh, Raquel Maldonado, I, I I want an opportunity to go and study like the kids of the ensemble do. And she told me, uh, if I receive a scholarship, I have to give it to someone from this town. That's why they are sending me these opportunities. So you go back to your city or go to another uh, city and try to find your find your way. But but I cannot uh, give you a scholarship that is being granted to me for that 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 is supposed to be for someone from this town and I completely understood that because uh, it it was completely fair it 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 made a big difference um, that I was coming from a city and I'm truly talking about a, a smaller town than a city right right and uh, once again. Raquel Maldonado was talking to me with all love and I, I think of her, I think, at like a second mother. And uh, she was trying to guide me. And then she said, OK. And I said, OK, I'll go and look another opportunity. So I moved to um, I moved to Cochabamba. Um, and there, like the, the actual uh classical piano training started because I found this amazing teacher, uh, Elizabeth Schwimmer, because of a, because of a pure fortune, a pure fortune because uh, she was the friend of an uncle, of, of an aunt of mine, and she listened to me. She told me, okay, you know what? I don't give piano classes to absolutely no one in this country because I lost the hopes in everyone and if you play for me I will tell you where to go you will go to some institution or the other but I will not give you classes are you okay and I said okay thank you for listening to me she was very well known in Bolivia uh, she her name was Elizabeth Schwimmer and she was uh, uh, she had a foundation a foundation a lot of money inverted to, uh, to for art purposes because her um, dad was uh, working on the mines industry and all this money she she had she used it just in in, in uh, art in uh, promoting the arts so I played for her she sent me to look for another teacher and for the first time and this is a lesson I learned in that exact moment. I informed her. I informed her this very, very next weekend. I told her, you know what? I was I was unable to reach this teacher that you told me to look for. Um, I was, uh, but as soon as she answers me, I will let you know. Thank you so much, Maestra Elizabeth. And she said, okay, don't look for her anymore. I will teach you. And I became the only protege of, of this pianist for a two and a half year period until she unfortunately uh, passed away with a brain tumor. Uh, so during those two years, completely contrast with what I was doing in San Ignacio, she had so much money that she told me, okay, you don't have to work, you don't have to even have friends, you only study 15 hours per day for me and you will get what you want. And so I did, I did, I did study like 
crazy. Everything I didn't do in 17 years, I did in two years. I swear that everything I know um, of the piano she taught me. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, well, we will get back into the story arc after this first song, but let's get to your first song. Uh, what is the song, and, and would you like to tell a story, or how would you like to proceed? Oh, okay. So um, why don't you play, actually, the the uh, um, the Moxos one? Because I, I, I just talked about the, the Moxos community and... and, and um, to honor the Moxos Ensemble, which is this um, school where I was at in San Ignacio, um, that would be my second song. Or, or uh, as as you want to do it, actually. Oh no, yeah. we can play that. We can we can roll with the punches. So that's your second song. So that's the Señora Doña Maria. Yeah, Señora Doña Maria. It's it's a traditional, uh, um, orally transmitted song. And it, it talks about uh, the glory of, of Jesus, of course, talking about Mary, the mother of, of, of God. And um, it's not Spanish. Uh, it is um, a mixture of Spanish with the native language, I believe. I wish I was more informed with that. But um, I, I recently uh, created with some friends an ensemble at Bauer School of Music which uh, with which we we performed all this and more music from the Moxos community. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, this is Fernando Lopez Flores's first song on this week's episode of Three Song Stories. It's Senora Doña Maria by the Ensemble Moxos. So was that a song you would have heard when you were there? Yes, yes, that's definitely the soundtrack of a whole year of my life. It was... Um, it, it was initially a song that I heard in a documentary about the this small community where I was going to live in. And then I heard it live with the ensemble. And then I finally had the, the, the joy of performing it myself with the ensemble uh, I created at Power uh, a few weeks ago. So um, it, 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 I think... Uh, what happened in these uh, communities that uh, during the Spanish colonial rule, um, two se- uh, during sixteenth uh, and seventeenth centuries, uh, the Jesuit priests were charged with the evangelization of the indigenous people, of the Moxos, and instead of just doing the archaic the the ways of that time slavery and and uh, trying to make indigenous people understand the ways of 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 the church of the spanish church they mixed evangelization with music education with arts education so cathedrals cathedrals were built um monuments of wood the the, the work of painting the work of making instruments reading sheet music composing all of that was uh, immersed into these native communities that embraced the Western classical tradition as their own and mixed it with their own sound. It's important that we don't um, romanticize the colonial rule of any period, right? It was a 
complete genocide. It was catastrophic for 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 every culture. Um, but if there is something that we can rescue from this encounter of 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 two worlds, it's truly what we've left. The, what what art uh, gained from it, and and I think this is one of of the best ways to to understand it. Hmm. Um, so after you finished um, training with Elizabeth Schwimmer after she passed away, what did you do next in terms of pursuing your uh, musical career? I was so lost. I was so lost because even though she was a great teacher on the piano, even though she was so, so, um, even, she, I was having a, like truly a first uh, uh like the highest of levels of 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 training because she was an international performer she was amazing but despite uh that it was very traumatizing for me because um i i was so scared of her i was so scared every five days i would go to my class i remember the first year my classes were on christmas and five days after that uh, during uh new year and she was like you have a commitment with me you have to 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 come okay so i i was so scared of 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 her and learning at the same time so much that when she passed away not only i i i felt like i was left alone that i didn't have anywhere else to go because she was my 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 uh for me she was the only choice i i i would have ever found um and I just stopped playing for a period of time. I um, started working, teaching piano to kids. I uh, oh, oh, I, I joined a very special friend, Marco Echavarria, who owned a coffee shop, and we would be working together, um, drinking our own coffee because we were <laughs> we were always in trouble because the the the, the sh- coffee shop was next to the public university so we had to sell the coffee so so cheap and uh yes and and it it was it was a, a fun experience and now it's a fun experience to talk about but in that hmm. moment it was like no it was crazy and and then i stopped playing i was working here and there i was just uh without um very illusion of coming back to 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 learn but then it's something very special happened and there was this uh uh they they uh i i read i read in the social media that there was these musicians bolivian musicians coming from abroad um offering like a summer camp uh and uh, this was Sergio Escalera, very special, uh, 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 loved pianist. He he studied in in, in the, here at the states and Switzerland afterwards, and uh, I just applied. I sent my old videos to this institution. They were called the Bolivians, um, La Sociedad Boliviana de Música de Cámara, the Bolivian uh, Chamber Music Society. I sent my old videos, and I was admitted as the only pianist in the whole country for participating in this in this uh uh program huh. um and afterwards they added another pianist an amazing pianist Sharon Arandia but but when when I was when I got in I said oh my god they accepted me and I have not played piano in like 4 months what 
And then I started putting my hands on the piano again, and time was flying. And then the the the, the program happened. I adored it. They redirected my life. They redirected. They they. Uh, made me understand that it was not over, that I, I should keep going. So uh, once again, I, I, I found uh, someone to, to, to be guided by and uh, someone to trust in Sergio Escalera, who from the distance, wherever he was, he lives everywhere now. He's a nomad musician. Um, he, I would always be informing him of what was I doing. So from that point, thanks to the Bolivian Chamber Music Society that I became part, uh, like a member of, um, I decided to do something with my life. And I decided to go into the university. There was a new music program, like the first actual music program at the um, at, at in, in the in the country in the city where I was living, and. Um, I found another piano teacher, the Cuban pianist um, Ana del Carmen Mendez, and eventually had classes with a Russian teacher, uh, Irina Efanova in La Paz, where I would be always looking for the opportunity to keep growing and growing. And uh, yeah, and that is how I overcame like the the the, the trauma of, of losing Elizabeth and the most the the, the particular the um, moment where everything truly uh, changed was when I met Teresa Laredo. She is a music therapist and 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 um, piano an international pianist so loved in my country because. Uh, she comes first of all from a music of, of very important artists in Bolivia, but also she uh, dedicated her life to uh, healing people, healing uh, souls, and 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 not only in the most uh, music and physical ways. She is also very spiritual. So we got to a point in which uh, we connected in one of her travels to to Bolivia we connected as 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 a grandmother and and a, and a grandson mm. and ever since she's been like my guru my guide uh in in the uh, in in all this side of of the artistic spiritual um way you know and uh i th i say it was important because what she taught me i i carried like and i will carry it for the rest of my life in in terms of what you do with music um how you do it um what is service what what is um uh, the purpose of 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 actually being uh, owner of a gift that we are granted um and what you do with that it's that just uh, guided my 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 entire path um so at the same time i was uh, with with uh, teresa laredo um and to uh, instead of only doing piano i was i discovered that i had a passion for creating my own venues i was not i wasn't i didn't want to wait for the opportunities of performing to come to me, you know, I, I wanted to create my own opportunities. So, so uh, I, I decided to create with with some uh, amazing other piano young people, pian young pianists. We founded uh, the um, uh, Confuoco 
young pianist society from Bolivia, something like that. We still are are on social media, but uh, this Confuoco was like a platform where we would, uh, all of us, 20, 22 years old, creating concerts, creating uh, little uh, piano festivals for kids, uh, inviting guest artists from uh, Italy to to perform for um, to perform with us to to uh, make chamber music uh, to make uh, homage to certain composer that was uh, whose birthday was on certain date, and we were just producing producing a lot of of, of, of art and. Um, it was something unique in that moment because we were truly not waiting for opportunities to come to us. So, so, so um, we did great things. And the very, very uh, last thing that we did together with this group and that uh, Teresa Laredo, who was our mentor, I would say, also was part of it, was we created a sort of concert adventure called Back to the Future, okay? But mm-hmm. not back uh, like like the movie. Like, of course, it was like the movie, but it was Bach, the composer Johann Sebastian Bach. Ah, oh, Bach, the com- oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so the German composer. It, that year was his 333 years of um, anniversary. And I, w- I remember I was dancing in a discotheque uh, as I usually did, because I've, as I told you, and probably that you'll understand when you hear my first piece, the the first piece I chose, it was uh, it's a Brazilian piece uh, full of joy. Full of, I've always loved to dance, so I would go to the discotheque three days in a row in Cochabamba. So I was in the discotheque and I was thinking about Bach. I was with a friend. I was telling, um, what if we do a concert? Um, honoring Bach, but we we take him back here, like we 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 take his music to that actual uh, uh, present, and not only performing what what he wrote, but mixing it with different uh, arts. And two weeks after that idea that happened in the discotheque, I was just like we were working with contemporary dancers who were performing their Bach's fugues. We were uh, working with um, visual artists who, Nona Martinez, she would do some paintings in the in the roof with a projector on the with with water um we had a colla- a college artist we had um singers we put together a little orchestra and in order to put all this show together we had every 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 kind of art on stage but i was missing something and i said why don't i look for an uh, a scriptwriter and I contacted the amazing, uh, and, and she's I, she's like so great friend of mine right now, uh, Mariana Bredo, an actress who was trained in in France and and lives now in Bolivia, and she's a for, uh, uh, she's an artist and actress and scriptwriter and she's a poet and she's so many things amazing person amazing amazing artist and she told me, hey, why don't we actually bring back from the f- future, from the from the past, and uh, we bring him to the future. So we put everything 
in 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 a sense that it was actually a th a theater piece. We had a Bach coming from a through a <laughs> portal, and and when the first piece happened, the pianist f finished playing her piece. Suddenly, a lot of noise, a lot of lights. Bach arrives. Bach arrives, and we show Bach during these whole performances what we are doing today with his music and why it was so important for him to leave to us all this amazing music that he has left. Um, at that moment and forever, I think it will remain as my favorite composer for so many reasons. Um, but mostly because everything he did was just pure love. One of the most famous books in the piano literacy uh, in the keyboard literacy is, is is the book he wrote for his wife. Okay, it's it's called the Anna Magdalena notebook, little notebook. He collected so many uh, tunes from uh, different countries in Europe, uh, folk tunes to for her wife to learn to play the harpsichord, and 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 I find that so 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 beautiful because it's a book like charged with so much love. All the work he's done for the charge, of course, was only for the glory of God, as, as he would say, and many other composers would say, is the most honest of, of art um, inspiration there, there that a human could have left. And he's just infinite. He, you never stop finding something new. Uh, in Bach's music, so so that that was it. We created Back to the Future. We collaborated with forty-five artists in total, and uh, at the same time, one of the last uh, great adventures in this performance was that I met, I got to meet Mohammed Yoshri. He's a uh, uh, he's a uh, Egyptian musician that uh, who just got married to a Bolivian friend in Bolivia. Um, so he was there knowing absolutely no Spanish, knowing absolutely no musicians. And he connected with me and I told him, okay, you're going to do some Bach music with me and then we will <laughs> find what to do with our lives because he was also trying to find a job at the time. He was trying to survive. I told him, yeah, let's do this project together and then we'll see what happens. And he became like so, so we, we were so good friends. We, we've done so, so much incredible music. And the show ended with arrangements that we did with him of Bach's music mixed with, um, the, um, with Oriental, uh, the Oriental scales of his oud, you know, Mm -hmm. and and kaburdas and 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 gem bass of percussion actually i can share with you later on the the one of the recordings we have of of the performance we did where we mixed one of um the c minor prelude of of bach uh we added egyptian percussions and so the whole purpose was to show this character to show bach what we have done what 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 his music was capable of doing in in this moment of life like putting together different musicians of different cultures of different perspectives from different sounds and scales you know we have so such a big difference in the in the use of scales right with the oriental music but how music is so 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 infinite that can 
uh, result in in a joint performance and and do something a final product that that is uh, definitely the for me uh, the best way to describe integration and 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 community and love. So uh, that was the last thing I did in Cochabamba just before moving here. Well, you have to share that recording with us because we can use it as the parting tune for this episode. Great. Let's get to your second song, and then afterwards we'll pick up how you wound up at FGCU. So what's your, uh, I guess your first song is your second song, so tell us about it or what would you like to do? Oh, so we're going to with Tic Tac, uh, Tic Tic Tac, right? From yes. Carapicho. Okay, so uh, I chose that song because it is the first song I, I remember I was I was barely l- learning how to walk I was standing grabbing something with my hands not to fall I swear I have that memory dancing that piece in 1994 the year was I, when I was born I believe this was exactly the year where this uh, music was like so famous all around the world and I was reading a little bit about it yesterday because I wanted to be kind of prepared for today because I never even heard like that that the translations or knew about the translations of of, of the lyrics of this piece or anything. Uh, so um, eventually, I, I I just ended up researching a little bit about this yesterday. But um, yes, it was. It, it is the soundtrack of baby me and very child me. Um, and it's important to me because it connects me with my sister, which is the, she's like, the world can can fall down around me. I know my sister is going to be there, you know? And um, I'm sure she knows that if everything goes wrong, I'm going to be there for her. So it's a special feeling that I have, a special love that I have for her. So I could not uh, just let go this this the opportunity to to share this specific track because uh, yeah. And n- as I was telling you yesterday that I I started researching about this song and I all actually saw its translation. So I found some translation of the lyrics, and curiously, it also takes to. It talks about, and it was meant at the Amazon rainforest. I was talking before about the community in, of Moxos where I lived for one year or one year and a half. And this community is located in the Amazon rainforest, okay? In the in the heart of, of, of the jungle in Bolivia. And this song that you're going to hear now that is Tic Tac, uh, Tic um, has these lyrics that read something like this. Uh, Amazonas, river of my life, a very beautiful landscape that my God created. He created the sky, the forest, and the earth. He united the man and built love. And and so it talks about earth and glory and 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 man. He he just combines all these elements of 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 existence that I found very very interesting that. Such a joyful and just party piece has such a beautiful content also in their lyrics. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Is 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 the tic tic tac by Carrapicho. All right, this is Fernando Lopez Flores's second song on Three Song Store. <laughs> 
So you said that song would remind you of your sister. Would that song remind her of you or, you know, connect those dots? Um, yeah, I, I think it's just a song that connects both of us. We, we, if, if you could ask her, like, pick a song that reminds your brother, and I know she would choose that song. I, I know for sure. So it's the basis of a of a code of of uh, brother and sister uh, love that it's like unbreakable. That's yeah, that's what I I, I feel. Um, and it 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 also uh, I think it represents the, the the my culture in general when I've been uh, so joyful, so so. Um, we dance. We 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 love the loud uh, music. Uh, you know what I mean? How can I put it into words? Everything I have in my head right now are just images of 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 all of us dancing and um, yeah, having fun. Musical and artistic exuberance. Yes, that's a that's a good <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and colorful, very colorful. With the dances of my country are so so um, exuberant and uh, full of legends and full of fantastic creatures and uh, fantastic stories about the devil, about the saints, about the deep in the mines, uh, big creatures, and we honor all those legends. Dancing, it's I just find it amazing, and of course, this is from Brazil. This 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 music that you just heard is from Brazil, but I just take it, so it represents uh, all the colorful f- um, culture of South America. When was the last time you listened to that song? Oh, definitely yesterday. I was yeah. I I well, prior I went, to yesterday. Is that something you listen to often? It rings my head every time I talk to my sister for sure, hmm. but. Um, Listening to it and play it? No, no, truly not. And by the way, you know, I I remained thinking about your very first question about how often do I listen to music. I think that, um, to be honest, I I have so much music in my head uh, that I I could tell that I'm always listening to music inside of my head. Even even when I when I think about people, even when I think about people, I think uh, on soundtracks and 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 cartoon like uh, scenarios. Um, so, for instance, um, if I start thinking about uh, my mom, I definitely definitely hear in my head the Beatles and the, the and the turtles and the um, and you know the animals. I'm talking about the bands and and <laughs> uh, and. If I think of my dad, I, I in my head I can hear him singing, and if I think about my sister, I hear I hear this song. So so uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's nice uh, realization of today. Thank you for that. That I'm always having music in my head. So how did you wind up in Fort Myers at Florida Gulf Coast University? Okay, so um, now I connect what 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 I was telling before about the music cham- the Bolivian Chamber Music Society and Sergio Escalera who is the pianist of the uh, and fo- uh, one of the founders of, of this um, group because when I was um, when I finally had this 
opportunity of working with them during this this sort of summer camp that they called Promesas. Um, I decided to do as much as I could to pursue a career of piano uh, outside of my country because I, I I truly wanted to seek for the highest level for the highest opportunity of exposing myself to international um, opportunities and 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 great music and great teachers and everything. So I started nonstop writing emails to every single music school I found online, applying, spending a lot of money. I remember all the money I was. Uh, doing would be spending it on uh, making applications because is is it is it is it is crazy here. You know they you have to pay for them to listen to you to listen to your recordings and to give you an advice and tell you, okay, you can be applying to this university or maybe this program is better for you. So I was spending all all this time, at least I believe, I would say two hours every day for two years, trying to find an opportunity here. France, and uh, I also try Italy, and um, I would always receive good news, but not the best of news. Like I would receive scholarships for eighty percent of a scholarship, or ninety percent of a scholarship here and there, or I found a work in 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 France, but I could not work. I like I, I could only do that work and then come back to the country. Uh, I was going to be a, an assistant uh, of Spanish in France. But then I, I these scholarships that were never 100% scholarships were, 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 were hard for me because that 5% left of scholarship missing was so much money for the currency that we use in my country. The difference of money is it's like different. We're talking a difference of one to seven. So, so I, I was, I was uh, always like rejecting opportunities because I never had this full scholarship that I was looking for. And after those two years of intense work, writing so many emails that I swear I learned English, <laughs> writing hmm. my emails for for applications, I decided to stop. I decided to. Uh, just go for uh, finishing my already start started um, degree in music in Bolivia and uh, finish that and see what happens. So I contacted the um, um, Sergio Escalera, this pianist, and told him, "Hey, you know what? I'm always." Uh, telling you what I'm doing and I think now is an important moment because I decided not to spend more time looking for opportunities outside. I will just focus on what I have here and I will do my best to to grow with what I have here. And he said, oh, that's good that you write me right now because I heard from a um, friend of mine uh, that her teacher in Florida has some extra scholarships that he's not using, so why don't you contact her? And believe me, 30 minutes after contacting Maria um, Maria Lucia Roca Malu, I was, 30 minutes after that, I was making paperwork for coming. I had a full scholarship. I had everything. 
and I was ready. I had the TOEFL, the SAT, the, the all these, 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 these stupid tests that they ask you for, for proving that you are ready for this. Okay, I had everything. And then I came. It was amazing. That's why when I was telling you about Elizabeth Schwimmer, the first time, biggest lesson in my life, I was updating her. I told her, you know what? I didn't find this teacher that you recommended me, but I will uh, update you soon. And she told me, no, don't. I will teach you. Great. And I updated Sergio Escalera this time. I told him, you know what? I've been applying. I've been doing my best, but I can not handle this anymore, not financially, or, or, or I don't even have the energy, I believe. And he said, no, you don't have to do anymore. There's a scholarship for you. So... um that is the way I find uh, a, a place here at FGCU. My teacher, uh, Dr. Baron, he's, um, he always goes to Peru and recruits students from the National Conservatory there. He never went to Bolivia. Uh, so uh, I, I was the first Bolivian student and um, coming to this piano studio. Uh, and that is how I ended up studying here four years under very nice and uh, generous sponsorships um, from different uh, sponsors of this of, of, of the Bauer School of Music. And it was truly a fantastic experience, to be honest. Did you say that the person who you contacted was Maria Rocca? Yes, Maria Lucia Rocca, but not not the teacher. Not uh, the teacher. Okay, I just wanted teacher. to clarify because I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah, not the teacher. It, it's a uh, same name. Different body. Different middle name. <laughs> yes, that's right. So uh, you are done now at FGCU, or where, I, I, as I, I think you're done, or what? where are you at currently in terms of your scholarship here? I just finished my bachelor's in uh, piano performance. Thank you. Yeah, Jared is clapping. How um, does that feel? It, it, it feels great. It feels great. It feels like freedom because um, it's not... Uh, easy to is is not an easy how can i put it like just imagine we were when i started we were like what 40 40 students we just graduated uh seven of us i think um i was the only pianist graduating this semester um it feels like a true accomplishment for my uh, for, for anywhere, I believe being a professional is something important, uh, and it's a it, it's something uh, that talks us so much about discipline and talks much about effort. But I I don't really take it from that side. I just what I have in my heart is that it's truly been almost ten years of seeking these that I dreamed so bad when I left my home and. Um, I didn't really realize it was happening until the night before my graduation day, and and um, I I I called Sam, my girlfriend. I was telling her, you know, I'm in front of the lake. Maybe I'm not going to come back here anymore. Maybe it's the last time I'm going to be here. But it's such a it's been such a long way to to do to this um to uh, get this degree. It, it, it was an amazing journey. 
so it feels like that. It's a bunch of mixed emotions, but uh, at the same time, a lot of freedom, as I tell you, because I, I, um, the performance, the piano performance degree that I seek, um, demands a lot of what I don't truly want from music. Uh, and let me explain that because as I was telling you before, I, I I love to create things. I love to create my own venues for music to happen. I like I love creating projects, creative projects, using classical music with other purposes uh, rather than just uh, competitions or 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 um, the traditional uh, venues where classical music is performed. I I have the I have ideas that I would like to use in the future that I'm sure um okay I, I think I'm already messed up with this with what I'm what I'm saying okay you'll probably okay. have to edit it but uh yeah just just leave it there like I I'm happy so what is next for you now that you've graduated? Are you going to pursue any sort of continuing education or kind of what's your next what's your next uh you know goal? Yes, definitely I I want to keep uh growing in terms of uh education. I I'm waiting for some answers of grad school. So I will be uh focusing on uh doing creative projects and making um alive out of 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 the creative uh, things that I can do. Any chance you'll stay here for grad school, or do they have that kind of grad school here? Yes, I I am applying for a um, master's in entrepreneurship. I'm not sure if I will be doing that still, but um, yes, I'm waiting for some answers regarding that. Uh, if if that happens, would be amazing because I I uh, I feel that all this time doing. Um, different projects, I've cared so less about whether they would be giving me uh, a a way of living, like money. So maybe it's a perfect moment for putting everything in order for me to make a living out of of, of my creative work. Hmm. Tell us about the music forest. You were the driving force behind that, right? Sam talked about it during her episode, but uh, remind our listeners what it is and and how you were involved. Okay, great. So uh, the music forest is um, a naturalistic and uh, musical experience. Uh, I created this concept uh, two years ago and didn't have the chance to actually make it a reality until until this past semester. So uh, the Music Forest basically is a platform of of uh, of arts. Um, in the um, when when I I was teaching uh, Nori Aronfeld that I'll talk about him more later when I recommend my artists. Um, he was telling me, hey, Fernando, have you ever thought about taking a piano out to the forest or out to the woods? And and I said, no, that's impossible. The piano would be ruined. But uh, the idea never left my head. Eventually, I, I volunteered during the pandemic at the uh, food forest here at the FGCU, a botanical garden, student-run botanical garden. And I just fell in love with it. It was a magical place. 
where I could escape from from the um, from the stress of, of of college, and I was just hanging out there alone and and being happy. And then I imagined a lot of musicians hiding in between the the, the ferns, and um, the idea of merging the music for the, the the food forest with Bauer School of Music came to my mind and I put it into paper after uh, nights and nights of writing and writing and writing. I um, put together a team to uh, make all this happen. Someone who was in charge of the of the uh, environmental staff, someone who was in charge of, of the food forest coordination. Um, uh, musicians coordinate, coordinator. Uh, there was so many people involved that I I just cannot believe it. It, it actually happened. It, it turned hmm. out very, very, very successful. Um, Zienna Graves, uh, environmental studies. She 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 took like the uh, a position of of taking care of the en- environmental side of it. Um, Aubrey Garcia was uh, coordinating the food forest um, also with Marco Acosta, the manager of the food forest. Um, Natalia Rose, and I will also speak for uh, more about her in my recommendation. She was coordinating the musicians. Nadia Henenman coordinating the music therapy instruments because we put in the middle of the forest a, a, a circle of therapeutic drums um, so people could go and play around with the drums and, and have just a, a, a fun experience. What what is what the concept of the music forest is um, anyone could go into the uh, botanical garden walk through this uh, natural pathway and besides learning from the sustainability component of FGCU on our community um, also listening very close to different musicians playing only for you and and it was i think that was the magical component of it because people could interact close with musicians which which usually are in the in the spotlight high spotlight life um um of the of the stage far away from the audience and we just um had around 30 musicians committed to it. We created a um, official ensemble for uh, to represent this project, which turned out to be the Bauer World Music Ensemble that I conducted, and, and it was um, the music ensemble which uh, honored the Moxos culture that I was talking before. And we also had this amazing uh, original songwriter, uh, Cadence Baker. I will talk about her because she's my third and last recommendation hmm. at the end. And uh, we we got to 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 perform this original piece that she she wrote and she sang, talking about a breath of fresh air. It was it was the it was the name of the song, a breath of fresh air, um, which represents truly what this experience was. We took the audience and we took the very musicians and all of us out from the the the, the common uh, place where all of us were 
uh, meaning that first of all, we perform music representing cultures and honoring cultures that usually don't have a place to be at the traditional concert halls of the classical music world. Um, we took the performers outside from the stage. We took them outdoors, close to the audiences, doing music that they loved. In many cases, improvising. In many cases, imitating the sounds that they heard around their, 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 their environment. In many cases, composing their own music and talking about the relation between music and nature. We um, took the audience close to these performers and we made them interact with them and also do music with them using these drums that were accessible to anywhere. Hmm. Thanks to the work of, of, of uh, Aubrey Garcia, the food forest now uh, is available for wheelchair uh, visitors, okay? So th this was important uh, part of, of it. I, um, I'm proud to say that we connected in so many levels, so many different areas of the FGCU community. The Bauer School of Music, the Environmental uh, and Science Department, the Office of uh, Competitive Fellowships, because Dr. Terumi, uh, Raferti Terumi Osaki was uh, like our, our, our a guide and advisor during this process. Um, we connect the, the uh, arts department. So I, I think uh, it's not easy to explain what the music forest is because it involves so many things. And um, to, uh, I, I was. Well, I think well, I think you've described it pretty well. I mean, it, it sounds like a really fantastic way to blend, you know, sustainability with music, with culture, with people out into the environment. Uh, I think it sounds fascinating. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm glad you've, you, you, uh, you, put, you use those words to describe it. It's really meaningful. And I uh, think that... Um, and when I say that it's hard to describe, it's because there are so many components of, of this adventure that it would be sad to, to miss one of them, you know. Um, I would uh, also, um, yes, like maybe this is my opportunity to, to thank everyone that was involved because naming each one of them would be impossible because there are so many people so engaged in, in, in this uh, uh Celebration because it was the Arbor Day, and as if as if the the only joy of of doing music and doing um, and creating community and oh we also created a lot of service opportunities. This was amazing also because students could go and work on the maintenance and beautification of the of the food forest for for the month before it happened. Uh, musicians researched, prepared, composed anything they do. They were granted service learning hours. I believe we've created so many, so much learning, so many lear service learning hours for this project. So, um, and if 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 those elements would not be enough uh, to be proud of it, I uh, ended up falling in love with with the uh, uh, videographer of, of the project, which 
uh, I share my days with uh, right now, Samantha Romero. She uh, was uh, the person who who um, uh, connected me with with you guys at the podcast. But um, I I just I yeah it I'm so happy right now about that. Hmm. So uh, speaking of na- nature and in this case music podcasts, if you hear thunder or rain, it's because a huge storm is rolling into my neighborhood. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard that yet, but I'm afraid you're gonna soon. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's... Oh, I heard it. <laughs> There's no way around it. Well, uh, let's get to your third song, okay? Okay, let's go. Uh, this is... Uh, what is the title of it? And by the way, you said it was... Um, well, tell me what, what Tell me what it is. It's called De Regreso, and it's by my Matilde Casasola. Uh, the version I found said Day... Regresso is that the same one? I think it's the same one, but I couldn't find it. Yes, it's D E R, right? The regreso. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Matilda Casazola. Yes, that's right. Um, it's the, the one of the most beautiful voices and minds of poetry and music in in, in my country. She's from my city, from Sucre, and. Um, She's still alive. She will be uh, turning 80 years old very soon. And with the, um, and there is, uh, sh- she had to go through exile during the end of the 60s. And there she found inspiration in, in, in writing some of the most beautiful uh, music that we have today uh, in, in, in the, in the records of, 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 music um this specific song is very special to me because ever since i left my own city but later on my country um the regreso means coming back uh, and it talks actually i you know what i i did uh prepared a bit of the of the lyrics for you to to uh, know it says just listen to this it says uh, from f- afar i return i already have you in my sight i'm already gazing at the silhouettes of my mountains in your infinite horizon from afar from those horizons that i'm escaping Today, I'm returning to your infinite horizon, Pachamama, Pachamama. Pachamama is the mother earth for my culture, for the Quechua's. And um, this, this song talks about that, to, to, to going back where you belong to. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, I, I believe that all these, these years have been... Uh, so beautiful in terms of of uh, learning and creating. Uh, if there is a a way to link all my experiences and, and or maybe not a way to link all of them, but if there's always been a constant, it is exactly that feeling of search for identity, of search for 
for belonging. Because once I moved to San Ignacio, yes, I was so happy there. Still, I was not an Ignaciano. I was not one from the town. I, then I moved to Cochabamba. And even though Cochabamba and my Cochabamba and friends who are going to listen to this know, we eat so good there. We, we dance so good there. Still, I missed my own city. Once I moved out from my country here, I never felt like I was like I was always I was always an alien and I will always be. okay. and and I um, believe anyone has the right to feel that way, too, because it's it's beautiful at the end. Uh, You're you're we are all looking for for uh, that identity experience, that identity certainty, but it never arrives. It never arrives because we're always moving. And um, I I chose this song because it 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 doesn't only represent so much to me in terms of going back to my country. Every time I've and the few times I've gone back to Bolivia in these four years. I have these music and these words in my mind. Um, but also, I attach the the feeling of of uh, coming back to myself, to 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 who I am inside of me, and I believe that, um, well, time passes. Um, while I, as a, as a nomad uh, musician. I'm moving from one place to another. I find answers only in 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 being okay with myself. Like I know I can be anywhere in the world as far as I am feeling home inside of me. So um this was one of the of the of the most special songs also for for uh, me to uh, perform during uh program that I created along with the social uh, with the um, La Sociedad, the Bolivian Chamber Music Society. Um, during the pandemic in 2020, we we were just uh, we were trying to do something about uh, all the situation. Bolivia was going through a very hard um, political crisis that started 14 years ago and will probably never end at this point. I, I just we won't go into that. But hmm. uh, and and the pandemic and friends were dying and relatives were dying. No, it was such a mess. But then uh, we decided to create music, music to breathe, musica para respirar, a program that would provide uh, free, personalized mini concerts to healthcare workers and COVID patients. Um, it started like a simple idea. Anyone could call us, like contact us on social media and, and tell us, hey, I want a concert. 20 minutes after that, anyone could have a concert from one of our musicians live through the social media they, they desired, through the platform. This was the Music to Breathe program, right? Yeah, that's right. And... Um, it it started like an offer for our country. Three days after that, we were receiving calls from Chile, from Peru, from Brazil. Uh, four months after that, we were covering Greece and the United States and Canada and Australia. Up today, today we have covered uh, fifty five countries. We've done more than twelve thousand mini concerts for uh, 
not only healthcare workers, COVID patients, also for retirement houses, for the Boston Public uh, Schools Network, uh, hospitals in New York, hospitals in in in, in different parts of the world, uh, retirement houses, um, um, rehab places, jails. We have uh, been merging the experience of music and service in 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 these uh, places where classical music is not usually uh, accessible. And by the and and at the same time we're also sharing the Bolivian music, the South American music, the Brazilian music because we have a Brazilian member also. Um and the the idea keeps growing and and uh, the the project will take us further in the future. But I was um I in my concerts, in these concerts that would last some of them 5 minutes, some of them 2 hours. I would always play this piece that you are going to hear now um, because it was in every single concert that we did that I did personally, I believe uh, I would always leave something of my soul into that phone call, you know. It was amazing because uh, every single concert I did, it was opening up a portal in my phone. It was opening a window to a new universe, a universe that was going to receive me for five minutes to two hours and then would close and I would never go back to it again. Mm. So I I only had the the one choice and was to give all, all, all of my heart into it because who knows, maybe they need it. Maybe they, uh, maybe they need it exactly in that moment. Uh, everything I could, could could give and and I had so many contrasting experiences at the same time because um, there was some people who would ask for very hard pieces and I would say okay I don't have that one but I have this one okay but then I met some people who uh, wanted s- very simple music music that, that, that take back them back to their childhood so I discovered there that that is truly not what music is 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 why, right? It's it's not it's not the 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 how even it's it's not the it's it's not the what you are giving is is how you're giving it and who. Um, I I had an amazing experience. So go ahead if you want to play that song. It's it it's a part of my of my soul. That's beautiful. Tell us again what it is. So it is uh, De Regreso by Matilde Casasola. All right, Jared, take it away. Con que hierba me cautivas Dulce tierra boliviana What does that feel like to listen to with us having played it for so many people during those circumstances of the COVID times? Well, um, I think, first of all, I haven't heard it in a long time. I just played it and over and over again. It feels so nice. It, it, it's just what I have in my head. Uh, I have it so, so, so sticked in my, in my brain because of all what it represents and the feeling of going back to my mother and to my, and my, and to my mother earth, you know, um, it feels so nice. 
thank you for sharing this moment with me of listening to it. Do you sing it? Are you a singer or are you just playing it on the piano? Describe kind of the mechanics exactly how you're performing it. Oh, I just played on the piano. I sing <laughs> only for myself sometimes and for my girlfriend. No, further than that, no. I will never sing in public unless I'm karaoke. Yes, that would, that's fun. That's usually fun. I, I, I like it, but I haven't done it in my um, in, in a while. Um, you know karaoke? Is that how you tell it in English? Uh, yeah, well, actually, that kind of tees up perfectly. I was going to start you on our speed round, and the first question is always, do you karaoke? And if so, what song would it be? So I guess you have at least karaoke so tell us about what song it would be. Oh, if I would do a song in karaoke, it would definitely be the one... <laughs> it would be... Um, it would be the the Jungle Book, you know. Um, you bare know, necessities. Bare necessities. <laughs> Look for the bare no, 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 no. Not the, that one. The, the one of um, <laughs> how's it called? Uh, come on, it's uh, the, the monkey. The monkey one. The, I wanna be like you. Yeah, I wanna Ooh. be like you. Yeah, that one. Exactly that one. To walk that one. like you. Talk like you. Yeah, you a yeah. big fan of the Jungle and Book, or how did that song become no, your just, karaoke it, song? I, I feel that it's just just childhood, and 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 me and my sister dancing around with it. It because, but it's curious because uh, here I never hear the Spanish versions at all. But I grew up listening only the Spanish, like Latin American um, uh, translations of all Disney movies. Um, so yeah, I imagine that if I would sing a karaoke. That would hear very weird for 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 er, er, anyone here, yeah. But it, it, that would be my choice, definitely. That or I would go for the national anthem of my country because that never fails. I would think that would be a hard song to find on American karaoke machines. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you have a nickname that has stuck over the course of your life? Yeah, when I was a kid, my my family would call me Nano. Um, which is the short for Fernando, and uh, that that uh, usually people call call us Nando or Nano. Um, I one of my favorite characters of, of my favorite movie, actually, the Lord of the Rings. Um, and favorite stories because I because not only a movie, right? Uh, it's a whole um, created. Mm, Oh yeah. Uh, how do you call it? It's a uh, mythology. Oh yeah, so it's an entire universe. It's entire universe. Uh so my favorite uh character there is Smeagol. So I have an uncle of mine with my best friend. He's calling Milgwis Smeagol. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah, further than that I will I will I have always been called fair. But it's it's weird because when I arrived here nobody could say it because fair it sounds like fair. So my Venmo account is fair, fair pay, um, because the word fair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and <laughs> uh, yeah. So nobody calls me fair here, but yeah, I would, I would stick with fair. That was more, the most common one. If you were a championship wrestler, what song would you enter the ring to? Um. What what is wrestler? Championship wrestler, TV wrestler, WWE, fake, fake wrestling on TV. Oh oh oh, the the, the fighters <laughs> like John Cena. Yeah. Okay. Oh 
Okay, 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 okay. Uh, so, um, I don't mean which... to call it fake anybody out there who's a fan, but it's the easiest way to describe it. <laughs> no, I got it. No, and even if, even if it's fake, like, what what is real in this world? Well, even put. even music is fake. Like, that, okay. Um, listen, I would choose. Um, yeah, I would go in with the Hobbits uh, concerning Hobbit one, like ding, ding. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what song you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that would be so uh, anticlimactic. Maybe I would choose like um, the the um, yeah. I would I would have started the, with the uh, Bach's fugue in uh, like Toccata and Fuga. You know that one, the fugue awesome. in in D minor. Yeah. Um, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind that was a distilled Fernando, something that represented you, what would you think it would be? Do I have to invent a, a new drink? You could. You, could just, you, can, you can, or you can take one that is commonly known, but just put some kind of twist on it that gives it a little bit of your personality. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be something with alcohol if you're not into drinking that. Oh, it can be cocaine then? No, just uh, kidding. I, you I, just, know. I was just kidding. Uh, uh, it, it would be, you know what? It would be. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not kidding, but but it has to. Do, it doesn't have to do with cocaine. But in my country, the um, sacred plant is the coca leaf. Okay, mm-hmm. from the coca, like unfortunately, it's narcotraffic and everything. They've they've uh, turned it into a taboo because of internationally, right? Because uh, cocaine is made out of it. But in my culture and the way I've grown and, 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 and everything, the coca leaf is so important and so healthy and so, so uh, part of my culture. It, it would be a drink that has coca. And um, maybe mixed with some chocolate. Yeah. I don't know what would that look like or feel like, but yeah, it would definitely have, have to be that. Yeah. What would you call it? Coca latte. Coca latte. Yeah. Um, if you had to guess, Fernando, what song do you think you've listened to the most times in your life? I'm sure that all these questions. I'm. I'm sure that I'm going to find the right answer like in two hours from now. Okay. Yeah, they call it a way homer. You. Yeah. You, I said, you learn the answer on the way home. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if if I can. Um, okay, I know. Mm, Con Altura by Rosalia. I take a shower. I put that song for sure. It's like a reggaeton by by uh, Rosalia with J Balvin. I don't, I don't know what other musicians that I um, I don't really care because I love Rosalia's work and uh, yeah, that that that's that's the song I've heard the most. I'm sure. I'm sure. What about the song you've played the most times on the piano? Oh, that would be. Uh, Osvaldo Golihov's Argentinian compo- composer. It's called Levante. It's basically like a sort of merengue, uh, Latin rhythms and uh, Latin African rhythms. Um, sounds like a good salsa to dance. And yeah, I just play it. It has an excerpt where I can improvise. I improvise on it and so on. I don't know if this is a fair question or not because I'm not a, a, a classically trained pianist, but there, are there any songs that you would like to be able to play but are somehow out of your reach still? I would like to play, uh, in terms of my classically, like as, as a classically trained pianist, 
um, one of my goals would be the Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach's Goldberg Variations. Uh, Elizabeth Schwimmer, my former piano teacher, teacher would, would say that's the Mount Everest of, of, of the piano literacy. Um, but I also believe it's so gorgeous and so monumental and it, it requires such a deep and and uh, commitment to 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 studying it and to understanding it. I, I would I would say that is my uh, my long term goal as a pianist. Yeah. What song would you love to be able to hear again for the very first time? You know what? I would like to hear the um, Lord of the Rings whole uh soundtrack for the very first time i would like to 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 experience the feeling of something so marvelous reaching to my ears for the first time yeah but only for a for a minute after that i would like to just remember it forever again because it it brings so many memories of my childhood of my family of everything when you were growing up, did you read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings books? And if so, were you reading Spanish translations? No, no. I, I must uh, acknowledge that I haven't ever read those books. Yeah, but I've read um, The Silmarillion. You've read The Silmarillion, but you haven't read The Hobbit. Uh, you might be on a very short list, Fernando. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But uh, it's... Uh, I, it is because honestly, when I started reading the um, when I started reading the uh, Lord of the Rings, I felt that they were so far from my concept of the, that the movies created. Because you know, yeah, for yeah. for for making the movies, they had to adapt truly books that um, were honestly not not truly meant for entertainment. They were like history books. It's it's crazy the way uh, they were um, meant, and um, and yeah. But I'm I'm talking about I'm 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 talking on behalf of my thirteen, fourteen year old me. Probably if I would sit right now and um, commit to reading the Lord of the Rings books, probably would be a different story. But yeah. I can. I won't lie. I won't say. Yeah, I've read the books. No, no. Understood. Well, when I was thirteen or fourteen, the movies were years away, and I did read those books over and over again as a kid. So, uh, if you ever, you know, get a little time on your hands, you might want to give them a crack because uh, there's a lot in there that I think you would find pretty cool if you, you know, got into the flow with them. They are long and they can be a bit tedious, but um, but it's all there. Like everything that's in the movies, one way or another, is there. I know there's there. Um, it's there and more. Yeah, exactly, and more. And it's interesting because you know when you've if you've read the books and you know the books well, there's certain things about the movies that make you go, eh, but it'll be interesting to see how it works in reverse for you. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite song? Is that even a possible possibility for somebody who's so uh, steeped in music like yourself? Um, you know, I I will take the opportunity that I've been waiting my whole life because uh, there's this person I admire so much is MAGA um, he is the conductor of the Cochabamba Philharmonic we've spent so much time we used to to, to, to go to coffee shops smoking cigarettes and talking about music talking about life 
And when I asked him this, he told me his answer that he stole from another teacher of him. And I um, now steal it from him because I know he did it already. And I will say that my favorite piece is the one I'm working in right now. And my favorite composer is also the one I'm studying right now. So um, that will, I, I, I believe that after listening to that concept, it will never be different again. Um, yeah, in terms of, of really, I, I, I just, I'm lost in what I'm doing. I'm, I'm lost in what I'm studying. I'm trying to master in my hands, you know, in the piano. Um, so, so yeah. And if, if I can be concrete with the answer, with, with the answer I uh, currently um, uh, practicing a lot uh, my Beethoven Wallstein Sonata, which I performed in my senior recital, but I am planning to perform again soon in another recital. So I keep working on it. So that's my favorite piece. That is my favorite composer so far. Hmm. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every human on the planet Earth at the same moment, which song would you choose to give them all? All You Need Is Love by the Beatles, of course, yes. Are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to because of what they'll remind you of? No, not really. Are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to because you just can't stand them? Not really. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a favorite band or musician of all time? And you can't use the same answer to your favorite song. Okay. Um, I would choose Mago de Oz, the Wizard of Oz from, is a, uh, that's a translation, right? The name, name of the band is the Mago de Oz. They are a rock band uh, based in Spain. And um, they mix uh, classical instruments like violin and flute, and 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 they are so so well uh, trained musicians that they just do magic with with uh, with their uh, arrangements and everything. Actually, I can I can tell that if I am a classical musician, is thanks to this rock band. Um, there's these um, there's these uh, pieces where they mix classical tunes, uh, standard tunes, such as the Turkish, Turkish March, the Hungarian Rhapsody, um, uh, uh, like with, with, and they turn them into very hard rock, um, guitars and drums. And, and I, I feel that, that, that is my favorite band for sure. Mm. And besides they have like intense poet, poetry in their lyric in their lyrics um yep um what album would you choose if you could only ever listen to that one album for the rest of your life let it be hmm. yeah definitely i would and besides i just saw the the documentary um well peter jackson uh he i i I believe he used uh, the, these footages of that were taken during the recording of Let It Be. Um, and it was hours and hours. So, in my last travel to Bolivia, which takes nine hours in the plane to go there, I just previously downloaded from Disney Plus 
all the documentary has three episodes. I think I watched it entirely, and it's a, it was amazing because it gave me a new perspective on the on the Beatles. Um, you see them. I, have you seen? No, it's actually on my list, and I'm now going to watch it this weekend because you've reminded me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Well, there's nothing much to spoil, but yeah, I, I, I feel that it's amazing to discover that such idols were like only, in, in a way to put it, like kids playing around. Most of the geniuses, like so, uh, in in these uh, years of doing uh, classical piano, some of the most brilliant minds that I found in the in music, and I met them in person, are I find that these people that are like truly geniuses, they 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 are kids that never grew up. Because they stay kids, because they stay fearless of committing mistakes, they stay creative, they stay um, so, so engaged with what they are doing without any uh, fears of, 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 of anything. And that's what makes them successful. So I felt uh, sort of that sensation when, when I saw this documentary, like the, the Beatles, which are just four kids playing around with their instruments and suddenly creating the most epic songs ever in seven days or in one month i think but yeah that would be my album cheers to not growing up uh speaking of being kids what would your 14 year old self think of who you are today <laughs> would, would be would be astonished yeah, i i i think what a great question i think um i think he would be proud yeah he 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 would be proud. I've I've always like uh being very um felt compassion for my my mother if she taught me two things in my life well she taught me the whole universe okay she 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 taught me the the, the entire world and beyond but but if I can say that she taught me two things it was arts the beauty of arts and simple things and compassion and um, if I would see myself in my 14 years old, because I'm telling this because when I was 14, I, I was sure I wanted to be like a great professional, maybe an architect, maybe a doctor, but I was studying hard. I was the best student at school. But I've gone through so many uh, hard moments in these 10 years that have passed. And, and so some, some things that, that I would never imagine as a kid that I would have gone through um, trying to 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 survive uh, the uh, you know and um i would see myself with compassion i would see myself with love at the end yeah i i i would see myself with a lot of pride and um yes i and i would if i could tell something to that kid i i would just i would do everything i did again and yeah, just go blind and make mistakes and do uh, be do everything with love, uh, hmm. as I've done. All right, it is time for you to recommend the three people who you've already sort of mentioned, but break them down again for us. Okay. Um, so uh, the order doesn't matter. Um, nope. So. Um, 
because yeah, there's no order. I would start uh, saying Cadence Baker. She's an FGCU student, entrepreneurship uh, major, and well, she's majoring and minoring. I'm sorry, Cadence, I'm not sure what you're doing, but I only know you're amazing. And she composed the, the um, original song of the Music Forest. She's just an incredible uh performer she um and, and a leader for what she does she she worked with my piano trio um we um i already reached out to cadence about coming on the show because she was also a guest recommendation from another person and she's already down great yeah nice hi cadence hi cadence yeah no nice, she's great nice musical name too and, and please you know what she she here she and I are, are 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 friends because she was my neighbor before I moved from the place I was living at. Mm-hmm. She was my neighbor and she sh- saved my life one day. She saved my life. I was like uh, walking in the rain and and I was with a suit and I I uh, she took me in her car and and then afterwards we did music and I think we will be friends forever. So I, I guess she, but she can talk about that in her own <laughs> podcast. That's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Cadence is first. Who's next? Natalia Rosen. Okay, so Natalia's crazy. She's, uh, I, I mean, it's a crazy recommendation. She's not crazy. She's she's the most uh, intelligent, probably. Uh, um, okay, let's go back again because that was messed up. Natalia Rosen. She's, she's uh, the violin, uh, violinist freshman at uh, Power School of Music, and she is... Uh, violinist of my piano trio that we put together and that we're going to keep doing great music in the next months. She is also the first violinist, uh, meaning the first chair of the um, Bauer World Music Ensemble. She is an empiric musician, multi-instrumentalist. She is uh, just uh, a great person to talk to and and she knows a lot about music, so I, I believe she's a great person to be here in your show okay and number three then that would be nori aronfeld he's a rap um uh rap um but saying a rap singer it's uh something great but i think it's not enough to describe what he is he's such a creative mind uh, conceptual artist he works on his image on his visuals for his concerts i was very honored to be part of the debut of his album so uh we performed in the miami uh, faena theater uh, a couple of weeks ago and he just put all this concept uh, stage art together with his um uh, partner in crime she's Amy Capilla who was also part of the Music Forest team at certain point and both of them are just changing the world I swear so you have him and yeah Nori Aronfeld he was my piano student now we like to improvise together and we do music um, he was my piano student for a while yeah and he was the one who told me about the piano in the forest he told me oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah so there are my recommendations. I wish I could recommend more, um, probably in the future. Okay, well, we will try to get them all three on because they all sound like great guests. But that is the end of the road, Fernando. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us and our listeners with? 
Any final thoughts? No. Uh, I just find this such an amazing uh, experience. I just talked for two hours um, about what I love, and it was a beautiful opportunity for me. Thank you so much, because I... Um, yeah, I I didn't feel that it happened so fast. Um, thank you, honestly, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for a recommendation to Sam. Um, I I hope everything like your listeners and uh, anyone who works here in the future uh, feel exactly the same that I feel right now because Mm, it's beautiful to share and to 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 be um, listened to. Also, it's it's something uh, amazing you're doing with this uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing it. It's been great getting to know you, and I hope to meet you in person someday. So uh, yes, of course, recover. You, uh, I will, and I will see you someday. And thank you again. Okay. Bye. Thanks. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and host. Chris Duffis is our executive producer. And our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're handing it off to Fernando and friends. This is a recording of the piece he talked about. It's performed by Mohamed Yosri and Miguel Crest on the Egyptian percussions and Fernando on the piano. This is the C minor prelude by Johann Sebastian Bach as arranged by the three of them during the 2018 project Bach to the Future.
listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. <laughs> we were all kind of thought we were anarchists.